Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Tuesday, January 17th. Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith momentarily, as his laptop reboots, he'll be alongside as well, ready to break down the Tuesday NHL card. Eight games on tap tonight, uh, breaking those down. A big, bigger Monday than usual uh, with the uh, NHL slate yesterday, with it being the holiday and uh, Martin Luther King Day. Lots of day games uh, in the NHL yesterday. Uh, the, the afternoon, um, actually, didn't the first two games, it was like bad, good, bad, good type of day for me. Uh, the day started off rough. I took a shot, and I mentioned this on the Sunday show when we talked about the very two early games for Martin Luther King Day. I was going to take a shot with the two underdogs, the Flyers and the Sabres, and both of them didn't have a chance, really, in either of those games. Uh, the Flyers get trounced by the Bruins 6 to nothing, abruptly ending Philadelphia's little hot streak. Uh, in that game, and Buffalo, very disappointing effort from them against uh, the Florida Panthers at home, 4-1 to one, uh, yesterday. Uh, we did pick it up, though. We had a couple of overs, and all of them cashed, actually. We had uh, a 3-0 and sweep through the late games with uh, Detroit-Colorado over, as well as New Jersey team total over, and the full game over against the uh, San Jose Sharks, which got there thanks to Jack Hughes tying it up in the uh, dying seconds of that game. Uh, that was a very good to see that for sure yesterday. Uh, as New Jersey gets a 4-3 win in overtime. Colorado uh, puts the boots to Detroit 6-3. It looks like the Avalanche starting to get their game back together again. We were waiting for this team to just you know, hit the accelerator and, and get back on track and maybe go on a bit of a hot streak and you know string some wins together. It's starting to look that way right now for the uh, Avalanche with back-to-back uh, -back convincing blowout wins against Ottawa and Detroit. Now, granted, not great competition, but you have to start by showing that you can you know, overpower inferior teams, and the Avalanche now have done that successfully in back-to-back -back games. Um, we had Dallas shutting out Vegas 4-0. Um, ended up staying off Vegas. Glad I did. Uh, Dallas, a very nice road performance, uh, and Peter DeBoer returns to Vegas now as head coach of the Stars and gets a victory there. Seattle, um, I guess not overly unexpected, uh, sees their win streak come to an end. We knew it was a tricky spot. First home game off a road trip. And now these fucking moron schedule makers have Seattle playing tonight. Can you imagine putting a team through this kind of shit? I mean, seriously. I mean, you're on this long road trip. Uh, several games. Edmonton, Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, um, you know, Boston, Chicago, back home, all the way to the Pacific Northwest for one game. Oh, you know what? You got to go on the road with no day off. The very next night, play a back-to-back -back in Edmonton. How fucked is that? It's terrible. It's a brutal job by the schedule makers. Now, look, Seattle's not the only team to suffer this kind of bad scheduling and this kind of very tricky, bad scheduling with tons of travel, shit ton of travel, lots of games in a compact, short period of time. But nevertheless, it's ridiculous every time I've seen it. I've seen this shit with so many teams put through this rigorous schedule that really could be avoided, quite honestly. You got to do better than that. I get it. There's building conflicts. I get it. There's other things that these arenas use for live events concerts other events i get it sometimes there's you just can't fit the schedule in and fit the game in that particular game when you want to 
but you've got to be, do, do better than this. You've got to do better than this scheduling for a hockey team. Yeah, how do you put them through this kind of thing? You know what you do? You know, if you're going to they, – they play. They started that road trip in Edmonton, and maybe they just don't want the, Seattle to play Edmonton twice in Edmonton twice on the same road trip. Because remember, that road trip started in Edmonton where Seattle is playing tonight. You know, what you do is – who cares about that? Who cares about that? What you do is – if you're, if you're going to start in Edmonton and they're going to play in Edmonton, they're going to start that road trip in Edmonton and they're going to play in Edmonton tonight. What you do is Edmonton, Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, Boston, Chicago. You Then you play in Edmonton and then you go back home, you play Tampa and you keep them at home. That's what you do. That's what anyone with a, a brain at the NHL offices that come up with these schedules should be thinking. But unfortunately, they're not thinking that way. Uh, right now. So uh, it's really unfortunate because this is this is as bad as I've seen. And there's been some horrendous, horrific scheduling situations for teams already uh, appear many times this season. This could be one of the worst of the bunch. It really could be. I mean, it's play Edmonton because they don't want to play in it. Ed- they don't want see the NHL. I know how they're thinking. They don't want Seattle to play in Edmonton twice on the same road trip. No, they got to go back home for that one game. Then you play in Edmonton. It's almost like it's another road trip. So it's 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 asinine. It's ridiculous. That shouldn't even factor into the decision. Play in Edmonton at the do a bookend. You start the road trip in Edmonton. You finish the road trip in Edmonton. Then you go home. You play that Tampa game and you keep them at home for like a little home stand so they can at least catch their breath, not have to travel again. Holy goodness, terrible. But anyway, that's enough of that. It's bad. We know it. Uh, all right, so. Other games last night, um, breaking my heart, the Anaheim Ducks, man. And I, I really was foolish not taking Pittsburgh when it was 3-2 Anaheim. I should have known they'd cough up the tying goal. They did. Uh, and obviously, uh, they win in overtime. Jake Gensel with the uh, overtime winner uh, in that game. Hey, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm I'm satisfied, though, even though we don't have a win to show for it. I'm satisfied with my thought process that Anaheim was live in that game, that Pittsburgh wasn't worthy of minus 320 favorites, and it proved that way. Uh, you know, they weren't worthy of minus 320 favors. Lucky as shit to pull out the win uh, last night against the uh, Anaheim Ducks uh, in that game by a score of four to three. And uh, yeah, uh, that won't be the first time I fade Pittsburgh when they're laying that kind of price. If I see it again, you know, I'll be I'll be pulling the trigger on a dog in this price range again against this Penguins team because they just aren't playing that, you know, that dominant level of hockey to be a minus 320 favorite uh, at any point, you know, at this point in time. Uh, Rangers with a nice solid you know, workmanlike 3-1 victory on the road against Columbus. And, you know, the fade Yaro Halak stuff for me, I've got to I've got to probably pump the brakes with that. He's playing very well right now. Another solid start uh, in that for uh, Halak. They did defend pretty well uh, in that in that game as well uh, in front of him. But nevertheless, he's on a very good run lately. I believe that's now five straight starts that he has won. So uh, the Rangers get a 3-1 win. Uh, in Columbus Capitals, which I was very happy to see this come back from a three nothing deficit, beat the Islanders four uh, three in overtime. Good to see that because uh, the way that game started for the Capitals, I'm like, wow, is this this team's got some problems right now, struggling and scuffling? But they pulled up their bootstraps and they come all the way back and they uh, get the overtime win uh, against the Islanders by a score of four three last night. Nashville with a two to one win against Calgary. I mean, UC Soros, another terrific game in net from him 
for the uh, Nashville Predators. Uh, he was uh, outstanding, made a couple of huge saves, especially when that game was still uh, 2-1 for Nashville in the third period. So uh, an excellent job uh, by the uh, Predators uh, and, and UC Soros in particular last night. And look, unfortunately for Markstrom, he didn't play that bad. But no, another loss on his resume as Nashville gets a 2-1 to win. And the St. Louis Blues, uh, in a very low-scoring battle, defeat Ottawa 2-1. to Very, very bad sign for the Ottawa Senators that um, they talk the talk about, you know, wiping away the the stench of the 7-0 blowout loss to Colorado, and they did not walk the walk. Uh, you fall behind 2-0 in that game in the first period. Not the effort we expected uh, from the uh, Ottawa Senators uh, after a very awful loss, and especially playing a very depleted at the moment uh, St. Louis Blues team. So uh, that was definitely a disappointing uh, result for Ottawa and signs that, you know, you wonder if this team, this team is talking this nonsense. And right now, to me, it is nonsense about, you know, buying at the trade deadline, you know, looking at Matt Dumba and looking at all these other defensemen and trying to add to the blue line like there's some big time cup contender. Right now, they're not. They couldn't be further from being a big time cup contender. I mean, to me, we're starting to, but the problem is, you know, you can't say, oh, you know what, we just got to tread water here and, you know, not add at the deadline. You know, they they committed in the offseason. Pierre Dorian, the GM of the Senators, committed in the offseason to building this roster up so that they could contend for the playoffs and maybe even a dark horse cup contender. And right now they're neither. And they're stuck. You know, you, you can't really say now when you bring in an Alex Dabrinkit and you bring in a Claude Giroux, you know, and you make all these big-time additions, and, and even though you're struggling right now, it's hard to say, you know what, we're just going to stand pat and not buy. And, and you can't sell. You, you know, you're, you're not in a situation where you're t- rebuilding anymore because you committed in the offseason to not, you know, to speeding up the rebuilding process and trying to be a playoff team this year. So you're stuck. If you're Ottawa, you're absolutely stuck where you probably got to you probably still have to try to add pieces to this team, specifically defense on the blue line at the trade deadline. And you just got to hope like hell it's good enough for you to go on a second half surge and make the playoffs. Otherwise, you know, you're going to end up out of the playoffs. You're not going to be in the draft lottery. Most likely, or well, you will be probably yeah, all those teams at the bottom are, but your percentage obviously is going to be a lot less to land the number one overall pick, the the, the fish at the end of the the, the reel, if you will, Connor Bedard. Uh, so, you know, you're going to be in a position possibly where you're in no man's land here out of the playoffs and maybe you finish, you know, two, three, four points out of the playoffs and you're just you're not going to be a, a big time factor in the draft lottery and you're not going to be a playoff team, which was your goal coming into the season, which means kind of a lost season could happen for this Ottawa team. So what they do, the way they play as a team in the next month before the trade deadline is imperative. This is a huge next 30 days or so for the Ottawa Senators, where if they continue to struggle and they can't get on a run of any kind, I don't even think they're going to be in a proper position to be buyers at the trade deadline. In an Eastern Conference, the top to bottom is much tougher uh, than it's been in years past. Uh, so, you know, this is as tough as it's ever been to make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. I don't think there's much denying that uh, or argument. Uh, it is difficult. It is a very strong conference, as stronger as it's been in years, uh, top to bottom. And so 
if you're the Ottawa Senators and you don't put a run together in this next month, you know, you might have to alter those plans that, hey, we're going to buy. We're going to bring in a Matt Dumbo. We're going to trade for this guy. We're going to trade for that guy. we got to push for the playoffs. You might be in a position where you're already too far behind the fucking eight ball to do anything about it. So that's going to be the issue uh, for the Ottawa Senators moving forward. That's why this next month is going to be so important uh, for them. All right. Um, that is last night. Uh, we're still waiting on Alex. We'll get the card started for this uh, Tuesday and the eight games. Let's begin in Washington. Uh, we've got the Minnesota Wild taking on the Washington Capitals. Uh, Minnesota minus 130 uh, road favorites. Six the total here in this game. Uh, Capitals obviously back to back for them after the big time comeback against the uh, New York Islanders. Not exactly a bet on spot for Washington. You have that kind of comeback victory um, and, and, and you play the very next night. Not the easiest situation and turnaround uh, necessarily. Uh, you look at the Capitals throughout the uh, course of this season, one and four as well uh, on the second night of back-to-back games, which uh, definitely is not what you want to see uh, in this kind of a situation here with the uh, Wild off that, or the Capitals rather, after that big comeback win, which snapped a well, two-game losing streak to the same team. They've lost back-to-back uh, to the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Minnesota, on the other hand, back-to-back wins for them against, also they beat the Islanders 3-1, and then they came back home and played Arizona. Uh, not pretty. Uh, I think it was a little bit of a sleepwalk, a little lethargic, definitely from what I saw, and I watched portions of that Wild Coyotes game. The sleepwalk effort was is what it was for the Wild, but they did enough. You know, They got the win uh, by a score of 2-1. to one. Uh, in that game against the Coyotes. We'll see how they fare here. They've won three of the last four meetings against the Washington Capitals, including two in a row here in the nation's capital, beating Washington 2-1 four years ago. And then last year, uh, a 5-1 victory in Washington in favor of the Minnesota Wild as underdogs. I could only look at Minnesota here. I agree with the price where it's going. Um, Now at minus 130, I think, you know, the value is kind of slipping away uh, a little bit, but I understand why. Uh, the money's come in on Minnesota. I got in at minus 110 on them for a a small play, uh, not 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 anything significant, but uh, definitely did bet Minnesota more toward even money. Like I said, it's gone up now to minus 130. Philip Gustafson, by the way, uh, will be a net for the uh, Minnesota Wild tonight uh, in this game. Obviously, with uh, Darcy Kemper getting the uh, nod last night against the uh, New York Islanders, there's a decent chance he gets rested tonight, and you'll see Charlie Lindgren. Uh, get the uh, starting assignment here for the uh, Capitals uh, in between the pipes. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, something you also want to keep an eye on here in this game, uh, Dylan Strom uh, was moving up the uh, lineup for uh, Washington as far as the prop market goes. Uh, you know, they put him uh, up a little bit, and uh, we'll see if that continues here tonight, uh, centering that uh, top line with uh, Shiri and Ovechkin. That probably lends to some value for his props tonight uh, in this game. Uh, By the way, Matt Boldy, here's another angle I like when it comes to player props. Matt Boldy gets the contract extension done uh, with the uh, Minnesota Wild, and uh, they've been working away at it. Billy Guerin uh, with with Matt Boldy and his agent, obviously, and finally they get the uh, big deal done. uh, Seven years, $49 million extension uh, with the uh, Minnesota Wild. So the point of all that is from a prop standpoint is a lot of times the player gets the big money deal, he gets re-upped. There's a little bit of a pep in his step the first game after the big contract signing. You know, there's there's definitely that, hey, you know, I signed the big deal. I signed the big money. You know, now I got to make good on it, right? I got to produce. I got to get shit done here. You know, I got to live up to what this team has committed uh, for me or to me here 
uh, with this big uh, contract. So I'd expect a good game from Matt Boldy uh, tonight for the uh, Minnesota Wild. And of all the props on the uh, board, uh, definitely uh, interest in him from a prop standpoint. Can't go wrong with Sammy Steele uh, for the uh, Wild. He's been very good in the center spot on the top line uh, between Kaprizov and Zuccarello uh, for them. I mean, you look at the numbers for Sam Steele uh, dating back to the uh, December 20, uh, New Year's Eve, I should say, December 31st game at St. Louis. This guy has scored at least a point in all but one game. You know, he has points in six of the last seven games for the Minnesota Wild and a, a grand total of seven points uh, in those uh, games for them, including a couple of goals. So there's no doubt he has been in on a lot uh, of the offensive production. Uh, lately for the uh, Minnesota Wild. As far as Boldy goes, look, and, and actually this is a good time, I think, for him to to maybe make an impact tonight because he's actually, for, for his standards, it's a little bit of a slump going into tonight. Five straight games without a point uh, for uh, Matt Boldy uh, coming into tonight against uh, Washington. So it actually probably is a prime opportunity for him to uh, find the back of the net. Again, you just got the big contract extension, you know, maybe a chance here to uh, – try to show the uh, fan base, the management team, hey, I'm ready to deliver the goods with this big seven-year deal I just got. So Boldy and Steele, I think, are pretty good prop options here if you're going to look in that direction for the uh, Minnesota Wild uh, in this game. I'm kind of neutral when it comes to the total uh, on this one. I didn't bet it over, and I don't lean under either, but not rushing to bet it over because I'll say this about Lindgren. If he does get the start tonight for the uh, Capitals, his numbers are still pretty solid. Uh, overall, 2.59 goals against average, 9.12 save percentage. I mean, the Capitals have gotten unbelievable work out of him. He has not given up more than three goals in any start since the beginning of December, which is damn impressive. You know, it really is. And if you actually look at his win-loss record uh, as of late for the Capitals, when he's been the starting goalie, I'm counting it up right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I mean, we're looking at nine and two. Charlie Lindgren in his last 11 starts here for the uh, Washington Capitals. So he's been very solid. That being said, it's still a massive spot advantage for Minnesota here. So that's why I took the wild uh, again, a better price than what's out there now, but still at minus minus one thirty, lean wild in this one. All right, Florida and Toronto. We've got the uh, Leafs minus minus one eighty home favorite six and a half. The total uh, in this one, uh, Toronto coming off the uh, disappointing setback against the, uh, Boston Bruins uh, on Saturday night. That was a hell of a hockey game. I can't say it enough uh, how good that hockey game was. Leafs-Bruins on Saturday night. You want a game that had everything from a fan standpoint, from an entertainment perspective. That had game had everything. It had great goals, beauty goals, beauty plays. Uh, great pass that was made uh, by Marshawn de Bergeron on one of the Boston goals. Pasternak had a great finish on one. Matthews had a terrific goal to tie the game. That that game had physicality, it had intensity, it had one of the better fights of the entire season between Wayne Simmons and Nick Foligno. Uh, it was a game that had it all. Great goaltending, Allmark and Murray both uh, took turns making some big saves uh, in that one. That's what you want to see in a hockey game. That was just, it had everything. Uh, and that's why it makes this sport so good. When you get a game like that, uh, the Leafs were on the losing end of a game like that, of course, uh, against the Bruins. They'll be looking to bounce back. That's now two losses in a row uh, for the Leafs as they return home here, face the uh, Florida Panthers. Uh, one thing we know about the Leafs is losing streaks have been few and far between since that road trip from hell against the California teams 
actually, and Vegas. They had a four-game losing streak, that brutal road trip. Remember that back in late October, that road trip that was so bad that people were thinking Sheldon Keefe might get axed following that road trip as head coach. You know, they lost at Vegas 3-1. to one. They got swept by the California teams, the Sharks, the Kings, the Ducks. Uh, they were all victorious uh, against the Leafs. Uh, and since that time, since that four-game losing streak, this team has not lost more than two consecutive games in a row. So that is not so that's what's on the line here. They have not lost three in a row, the Leafs, since that road trip from hell way back in uh, late October. So, uh, yeah, definitely a, it's a spot play, I think, on Toronto for me. I, I'm not interested in Florida, although Florida has picked their game up the last couple, although I don't know how much you want to say they picked it up beating Vancouver uh, four to three at home. Vancouver is a, just an absolute dumpster fire issues on and off the ice. But going to Buffalo, Yesterday afternoon, early start for a road team. It's never easy. And beating the Sabres 4-1, to one, I mean, that was that was a very good game from the Panthers. Very good. 34-29, they outshot the Sabres. Bobrovsky was, for a change, rock solid uh, in between the pipes. Uh, they capitalized on their chances. So uh, give them credit. Uh, it was definitely a solid uh, performance there for uh, the Florida Panthers uh, in that game. Uh, we'll see uh, who's in net. And they've got a quandary with their goaltending because – I don't know if they want to play Bobrovsky on a back-to-back. Now, it is a road back-to-back, but an afternoon game yesterday, a night game tonight. So it could make things a little easier for Bobrovsky if Paul Maurice decides to go in that direction and put Bobrovsky in there for a second straight day. I don't know if he will. Of course, Spencer Knight's still on IR, so he is completely out of the question. Uh, and look, the Panthers aren't saying anything about his injury. They j- just that he's on IR, no details, upper body, lower body. I mean, that's where we are now with these injury reports. We can't even get upper body and lower body designations from these fucking teams. Just, no, we're not going to say shit. You know, we're just going to say, you know, undisclosed injury. And, uh, you know, we'll leave it for you to figure it out. Come on. I mean, and these leagues try to cozy up to sports betting now. And they want their they want their piece of the pie. They want their money you know, from sports betting and promoting it and having deals with all the different sports books and ads on their games on television for DraftKings, FanDuel, yada, yada, every single book known to man. And if you value the sports bettors and the sports betting community, give us a fucking injury report, an accurate one, and say, this is the estimated timeline. This is the body part of injury. I don't care what the body part is, his shoulder, his arm, his groin, his dick, whatever the case is. I, we we, we want to know. We should know. That's the, it's, it's frustrating when I see this undisclosed, they won't even tell upper body or lower body now with Spencer Knights insane. It's ridiculous. It's absurd. Give us some info, especially if you value the sports betters and that you claim to now that you're cozying up and making all these deals with sports books left and right. My gosh, it's ridiculous. Holy crap. Can we get some injury info, some accurate info? Can we, can, can, can you treat us with some respect? My gosh. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. So I, I had to sound off on that because I, I was researching this game this morning, tapping the games like I normally do, and I see here we go. We've got this uh, <laughs> we've got this injury on night, and we're not even being told upper or lower body. You know, at least for years you've given us that. You've thrown us a little bit of a bone, upper body injury, lower body injury. You've given us that, uh, but my goodness, we're not even getting that now. Uh, in terms of information uh, regarding these player injuries. So it's frustrating, especially the handicappers, the better people, people that, you know, 
want to put their hard-earned money down and want to know this info, need to know it. But it is what it is. So it's either going to be Bobrovsky on a back-to-back or it's going to be Alex Lyon, potentially, who might start tonight for the uh, Florida Panthers. Uh, Alex Lyon has been, well, let's be honest, he's been pretty much AHL for most of his career. He's made a handful of starts uh, in the NHL, most of them with the Philadelphia Flyers. He was in their organization for about four seasons, 11, 13, uh, 16, 22 games uh, in those four seasons with the Flyers, two games with Carolina uh, after that, uh, 2.91 uh, goals against average uh, in his uh, career here for the, uh, uh, in his NHL career, uh, that is. But he had a couple rough seasons there. The seasons where he started more games, he had a five goals against, he had a couple that were 3.56 goals against. So we'll have to see if he ends up getting the nod tonight, but uh not exactly someone you fully trust at the NHL level based on some of the numbers we've seen in the past from Alex Lyon when he's had uh, this opportunity. So it's going to be interesting to see. Matt Murray will be in net for the Leafs. It has been confirmed they're going back to the well uh, with Matt Murray in this game, which is a little bit of a deviation from Sheldon Keefe's uh, regular uh, pattern uh, of going back and forth between the uh, goalies. So we'll see if uh, Lyon starts or Bobrovsky starts. But either way, In this game, I think Toronto, it sets up nicely for them. Uh, It is worth noting uh, against uh, Florida uh, on home ice. They have won two of the last, uh, actually they've won, yeah, two of the last three meetings. Last year, these teams played once uh, here in Toronto, and it ended up being a 5-2 to victory uh, in favor of the Leafs uh, in that game. So I'm probably looking here in this game at a Toronto first period puck line in regulation split bet here. It's probably what I'm going to look toward here. So Toronto first period puck line, uh, you can get that at minus a half, plus 140 uh, with first period puck line. And uh, also Toronto uh, in regulation, split it up between the two and the Leafs in regulation. Uh, currently, uh, you can find that price close to uh, even money here in this game. Toronto in regulation at around minus 110, minus 115. So uh, that's the way we're going to play it here. Uh, Leafs uh, first period puck line and in regulation split here. Uh, against the uh, Florida Panthers. As far as the total goes, um, we've seen some high-scoring affairs. Uh, I definitely think the over is probably the way to go here in this game. It certainly will be if Lyon is in net. It might even be the way to go if Bobrovsky's in net because you know how I feel when it's the same goalie that's playing on back-to-back days. I don't necessarily always trust him to play at a high level. So uh, over 6.5 is the only way I would go here in terms of the total uh, in this game. And keep in mind, uh, this series history with these two teams has trended at a 5-1-1 one, and one to the over clip in the last seven head-to-head meetings. 5-1-1 one, and one to the over the last seven games between these teams. So we've seen 7-5, to 8-4, 5-3, 5-3, 5-2, 7-6, some real back and forth uh, affairs between these two teams. And we did have an under finally at the last meeting they had last season down in Florida. It ended up being 3-2 for the Panthers, but no question about it. Uh, It's been one of those, you know, back and forth, uh, high-scoring affairs. The combo bet is worth a sprinkle too. And uh, that's probably why I'm with these games now, especially as we get with these bigger favorites and the season continues to progress. It's worth your while to sprinkle. If you like a team, and I like Toronto here, You don't put it all on regulation. You don't put it all on the first period puck line. What you do is you sprinkle the bolt, you pepper it around, smaller bets, but pepper it around. Different options, different ways to get about 
to go about getting at Toronto tonight. First period puck line, little on that. Toronto in regulation, little on that. That first that that combination bet Toronto money line and over five and a half at you know plus one forty, plus one fifty, plus one sixty with that at some spots. Put a little on that uh, as well uh, because you could definitely you know it's a, just a way because you could see a game where Toronto wins. Let's say Toronto wins um, three to two. You know, Leafs and over five, uh, five and a half loses the regulation cashes. Maybe they're up one nothing after the first period. That cashes, and you don't lose everything. Tied up in one type of bet for that team. You know what I mean? That's that's what I'm getting at here. That if you just divvy it up a little bit, put a little on a Leaf rate in regulation, a little on the first period puck line, a little on that Leaf and over five and a half combo, you know, there's a chance you could sweep all three. Of course you could. But in case one or two doesn't hit, you're not going to just lose everything. You know, if you go one and two or two and one, you know, you're going to cash a few and you're going to get out of it, you know, with some money intact. In so uh, that's definitely the goal with that. So it's something to keep in mind just in terms of strategy with your uh, betting this time of year uh, in the NHL. All right. Winnipeg Jets, Montreal Canadiens. Uh, quickly, actually, I should point out on the uh, last game prop wise uh, for this uh, game uh, right now for the Leafs, um, you know, Matt Matthews, you never get great value with him but i get the sense he might be starting to heat up right now uh for this team he's now got four goals in the last six games he's now gone six straight games with a point uh he's starting to get it going again for the leafs uh, marner it goes without saying has been excellent nylander's the one that's cooled off a little bit Tavares has actually uh, been very good in terms of points lately as well he's on a six game point streak for the uh, leafs but don't sleep on some of their depth players Callie yarn we've talked about him uh, Pierre Engvall as well. Uh, definitely keep an eye on them. They could be uh, ready to make an impact here for the uh, Leafs as well. As far as the uh, Panthers go uh, in this game, uh, you know, you've got uh, a couple guys that are starting to actually get their game going a little bit. Reinhardt for the uh, Panthers is on a four game point streak. Sam Bennett, you know, has scored goals in two of the last four games. He kind of had a little bit of a slump there for a while. And Brandon Montour on the blue line for the Panthers. Sneaky, sneaky little you know, value option there. If you're looking at player props, because Brandon Montour from the blue line for Florida now has six points in the last six games and a couple of goals as well uh, during that span. So uh, definitely some good uh, player prop options here uh, in this game, which could have goals in it between the Panthers and Leafs. All right. Jets and Canadians, uh, Winnipeg minus two fifty, uh, road favorites, six, the total, uh, in this game, uh, a lot of money's come in on the Jets. This opened as low as minus 180, and now we're seeing uh, minus 250, minus 260 with this price uh, across the board in this game. Uh, Montreal off a 2-1 to one, uh, big upset victory here against the uh, New York Rangers. Uh, this team has suddenly gone win-loss, win-loss, win uh, their last six games. So is this a spot for a, a loss if that pattern holds true? Uh, potentially and uh, very likely because of obviously Winnipeg is playing excellent hockey eight and one uh, in their last nine games. They've played extremely well. Uh, they've won three straight head to head meetings here against the Montreal Canadiens. You know, what's funny is that Montreal beat Winnipeg. When was it a couple seasons ago during one of those COVID impacted seasons? Remember Montreal won in the playoffs against Winnipeg. That was the year they upset Toronto. And then they played Winnipeg in the first round. They won that. They got to the Stanley Cup final against Tampa Bay. Uh, and Winnipeg hasn't lost a regular season game against Montreal since that playoff series loss uh, a couple of seasons ago with Winnipeg going 3-0 and head-to-head against uh, Montreal 8-4, 4-2, 3-2. 
uh, victories uh, in those games. So, you know, when you look at this matchup, Montreal is suddenly, you know, not exactly a team that you want to automatically take the opponent team total over. I mean, now I've lost two in a row doing that. I took the Islanders team total over, the Rangers team total over, and uh, those teams only score three combined goals. So I might look at something a little bit different here uh, in this game rather than Winnipeg team total. I mean, Winnipeg should get the victory. I still don't know if I'll get involved in it, though, because, again, you're talking about a, a Winnipeg team that, you know, the price uh, in this game has uh, gotten away a little bit. Uh, regulations gone up to as high as minus 160 now uh, with the uh, Jets. Uh, and then, of course, the he could go puck line, uh, but I'm not always fond of doing that uh, necessarily. And uh, it's minus one and a half plus 100. So uh, you could do a combo bet here with the Jets. Jets probably win, but just not over overly comfortable with where the price is right now. Uh, three of the last four meetings, by the way, have gone under uh, the total between these uh, two teams. We'll see if that trend continues. Jets have suddenly trended under in three straight games. And to be honest, the Jets want to be more of an under team. Rick Bonus wants this team to be very solid defensively. Uh, they they played that way much of the season. It's going to be Connor Hellebuck and Samuel Montembeau uh, in net for the uh, respective teams tonight. Jake Allen, by the way, is still day-to-day with the upper body injury. That's why he remains out. But uh, I will say this, uh, Montembeau here in his last uh, few starts, I'll give him a, a, a decent amount of credit. He's played better here in his last few outings in net. Uh, he gave up just the one goal in a great performance against the Rangers, 39 saves uh, in the victory. And even against the Islanders, two goals on 38 uh, shots. So uh, he played very well in that game as well. So uh, back-to-back real solid efforts in net for Montembeau and they need him to be more than solid they need him to be really good with the status of this blue line uh, right now for the uh, Montreal Canadiens so for me it's probably uh, Winnipeg probably wins this game but uh, perhaps uh, you go with uh, first period puck line uh, and you go or you go with full game puck line maybe a little bit of both but uh, it's just a lukewarm opinion Uh, at the end I'm I'm probably going to end up uh, keeping this game off my card but I do expect the Jets to probably get the victory again Montreal been exchanging wins and losses lately and uh props in this game I mean uh, definitely I mean Caulfield of course it goes without saying has been great for the Canadians there's no question uh Kirby Doc of course uh continues to get you know impactful minutes playing time three goals in the last five games you still get great value with him just to find the back of the net for Montreal uh, as far as a uh, Winnipeg goes I mean it's Shifley Dubois Connor uh, continue to be excellent for this team. Josh Morrissey, from a points perspective, you know, is always worth a look. Uh, you know, from in terms of uh, that prop because he's just been terrific. Josh Norrissey is what they're calling him locally in Winnipeg because he's had such a good season on the blue line, the uh, best season of his career by far. You know that he might be end uh, he might end up having Norris Trophy consideration uh, this season for them. So uh, there's a couple props that uh, you might want to consider here when it comes to the Jets. Uh, and the uh, Canadians. All right, next up here as we continue along, it is Anaheim and Philadelphia. Uh, we've got the uh, Flyers. You want to lay minus 200 with the Flyers? That's what you got to do here uh, in this game. Minus 210, uh, they are uh, as uh, home favorites. Uh, the total in this one uh, currently uh, six shaded to the over uh, in this game between these two teams. The over is probably something I'll go with here as a, uh, in, in this game if I were to bet anything. Um, you got two bad teams, you know, two teams where I, I worry about the defensive intensity a little bit. Of course, Anaheim continues to struggle mightily uh, in terms of uh, keeping the puck out of the net. 
that being said, they might be able to score some goals here because the one thing we've seen from the Ducks, even last night in the loss against Pittsburgh, was the offense starting to come back to life. Uh, five straight overs for the Anaheim Ducks uh, going into this game. We know Philly has kind of trended on, uh, more toward the over in their last 10 games as well. Six of those games have gone over. Uh, yesterday, though, 6 nothing beat down at the hands of uh, the uh, Boston Bruins. Obviously not a good game from their standpoint. Anaheim lost at home to Philadelphia earlier this month, 4-1. to one. A Pretty poor performance uh, by their standards. Tough, tough loss for the Ducks last night. I mean, they actually had a 3-2 lead late, and that just shows you the kind of season uh, that the uh, Anaheim Ducks have had. You know, 3-2 lead, about to get maybe a huge win on the road in upset fashion against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, and sure enough, they just uh, can't, uh, you know, finish the deal. Uh, they tie the game in the final minute, Pittsburgh. And once that happens, you knew, hey, Penguins are going to win this game in overtime. There's no question about that. They were uh, uh, unautomatic to be uh, winning in overtime after Anaheim coughed it up late. Uh, now it's a tough turnaround. They're 0-7 in their last seven games on a back-to-back. So the second night of back-to-back -back games, the Anaheim Ducks are winless uh, in seven. So I'm totally off the side. There's no way I'm laying this kind of price with Philly. But at the same time, Anaheim, no. Uh, took my shot at a better price than this. I'm, I'm not coming back uh, to it after a just a brutal loss like that. And, and on a back-to-back -back where, again, this team is 0-7, uh, their last seven tries on a back-to-back. -back. I'd stick to the over. I think the Ducks team total over might be worth a look, too. Uh, that does make some sense to me. I mean, it's only over 2.5 at just a barely above even money, uh, minus 115, minus 120. Uh, I could see the Ducks getting to three goals uh, in this game. Keep in mind for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, Carter Hart got pulled yesterday against Boston. Samuel Erson had to finish the game. For Anaheim, it looks like it'll be Anthony Stolarz, I would think, uh, coming into the game for the uh, uh, Anaheim Ducks tonight, making the start after John Gibson was in net last night. Uh, Stolarz has been rough, too, this year, uh, you know, and especially of late. It's been a tough, tough stretch for him. He gave up four goals in his last start against San Jose. Uh, he gave up uh, five goals against Winnipeg. Before that, five goals against Dallas uh, before that. Uh, so it has been definitely a, a rough stretch here in net for Stolarz as well, assuming he gets the nod for the Ducks tonight. Uh, that's not exactly a great bet on situation with his struggles as well. Now, with these goalies, yeah, have they played poor at times? Yes, but a lot of it's just the product of this wretched defense in front of these goalies. But Stolarz is still not exactly played well on his own either. So definitely over six is the way I'm probably looking to eye this one. Maybe a smaller piece of the uh, Ducks team total for me in, in this game uh, as well. And as far as the prop market goes, look, I think it's Zegras and McTavish right now for uh, the Ducks. They have been, Zegras is starting to pick his game up again. Uh, McTavish has been all around the puck lately uh, for the Ducks. Uh, so you, you take, you keep an eye on that, see how it goes. And then on the flip side here for Philadelphia, you know, you can go in a bunch of different directions. Uh, Travis Konechny has had a phenomenal season. Uh, there's no question. Morgan Frost is finally starting to warm to the task a little bit here for the uh, Flyers. He's been solid. Farabee's got four points in the last three games. Uh, Owen Tippett, three points in the last three games. You know, Frost starting to show some signs. Uh, Noah Cates has chipped in here and there. So it's been, you know, a little bit more from uh, some of the forwards for the Flyers lately that they expected more from earlier in the season and now starting to play like it. So uh, those are the ways I would go in terms of uh, Ducks and Flyers. All right.
That's the first half of the card. Uh, 200 people, by the way, watching live now on YouTube. Appreciate it very much. Hit the like button. Good time to remind you as well. Our next Ice Guys Live BetCast is a week from today, Tuesday, January 24th, live at 7 p.m. Eastern time. It is a great Tuesday night NHL slate next week. Some really interesting games uh, and a, a great night to have a live BetCast. So live betting, commentary, bring your booze, bring your alcoholic liquor beverage, just even if it's water, whatever. Uh, you know, it's a bar and a pub atmosphere with every BetCast. It's a lot of fun. And if you want to join Alex and I live on the BetCast, send me a DM or Alex DM, either of us, and we'll make sure we reserve a spot for you uh, on the BetCast uh, next Tuesday night uh, for uh, at uh, next Tuesday night, January 24th, 7 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, make sure you join us for that. It'll be a lot of fun. Our first BetCast of the new year. Uh, 2023. All right, back with the rest of the card right after we hear from Gramco. All right, whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, or of the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products such as vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre rolls, gummies, wake and bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you and is also available at many American retailers as well. Get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. If you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you get 25% off of any order and all orders on the site that are $50 and higher are shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, back here on the ice, guys, and we roll on now the second half of this uh, Tuesday uh, NHL card, and we will begin it looking at the uh, matchup between the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Nashville Predators. Uh, Nashville minus 210 home favorite, six and a half the total uh, in this game. It's Columbus on the road. It means I probably ain't back in Columbus, but, you know, you're talking minus 210 uh, with Nashville back-to-back uh, -back for both teams, but obviously for Nashville, much bigger advantage in that no travel for their, for them. Columbus has to come in from a nationwide arena after a, a victory or a loss to the Rangers, rather, last night, 3-1. to one. Nashville victorious uh, over uh, the um, Calgary Flames last night, 2-1. to one. Another uh, just Rembrandt uh, of a performance in net from uh, UC Soros in that game. Probably on the back-to-back, -back, we'll end up seeing uh, Kevin Lankinen, uh, get the uh, start here tonight for the uh, Jackets, or sorry, for the Predators, rather, uh, in this game on the back-to-back. Uh, -back. Uh, Columbus, uh, it is confirmed, Kevin Lankin, and 2.81 goals against 918 save percentage. Not bad numbers. Obviously not Soros numbers, but solid. Uh, Daniil Tarasov in goal for the uh, Jackets, 2-9, and nine, the record in his 11 starts, 3.4 goals against average, uh, 907 uh, save percentage. Uh, of course, Merzlikens was in net uh, last night. Another loss for him. We talked about on the show yesterday with Alex and Connor Lacouve, uh, our guest, that uh, he was a goalie, by the way, about the uh, issues uh, with uh, Merzlikens. It's not just physical. It's mental. It's in between the ears. It's emotional trauma. It's all this stuff. And uh, he just the losses just keep mounting for this poor guy uh, in net for the uh, Jackets. But they'll turn to Tarasov tonight uh, in between the pipes here uh, in this game. Um, that's this is another one I don't have a strong take on it. There's uh this is a really tricky card because there's so many teams that are on back to backs and 
two teams playing each other on back-to-backs tonight. So this is not the strongest Tuesday betting card, in my opinion, side or totals-wise. Um, but it's hard to back Columbus on the road. Now, they did win their last road game, 4-3, to three, uh, against the Detroit Red Wings. A very solid uh, victory for them uh, in that game. Keep in mind, too, Columbus beat Nashville earlier this season in Columbus, 5-3. And they beat Nashville 4-3 uh, in a shootout after that. Uh, four straight, Five straight games between these two teams have gone over the total. So uh, if, I, if I were to bet anything, it would be that uh, over the number, uh, especially because, look, a lot of the unders have been with Soros in net, probably with, uh, you know, Lankinen versus, you know, Tarasov, again, whose numbers aren't great. You could see goals tonight in this game. I could be talked into maybe looking over six and a half uh, in this game. It is worth noting on a back-to-back Columbus, four overs, three unders, uh, three overs and three unders for Nashville. Uh, on the second night of a back-to-back games uh, for them. And keep in mind, too, with Nashville, uh, two-to-one game last night, you'd think pretty tight checking. They gave up 39 shots to Calgary. You know, Soros had to be really good and to make some excellent saves uh, in that game, no question. But definitely when you look at this uh, game with Jackets and uh, Predators, uh, you see a situation where, you know, both of these teams head-to-head have gone uh, over the total. The Jackets are still 3 uh, of their last four have gone over and five and two to the over in their last seven games uh, overall. Keep that in mind. Uh, and again, this series history has been dominant over the total. Five straight head-to-heads, Jackets, Predators have gone over. So I might I might add that to the card is over six and a half. I see something like that. I see, obviously, it Lankin in a net for Nashville instead of Soros. Uh, you could make the case that we'll see uh, goals tonight between uh, the Jackets and the Rangers. As far as props go uh, in this game, we've talked about you know a lot of different good situations here for the Nashville Predators. I do want to keep in mind or point out one thing too is that we've seen some line adjustments from uh, Nashville following the. It was really following the loss against Buffalo that we saw some adjustments in the lines from uh, John Hines, the head coach, and Cody Glass has moved up to the number one center spot between Duchesne and Forsberg. Uh, so that's the big change that we've seen uh, for the uh, Predators. Let's see how he handles it. But look at the spike in ice time in his first game in that center spot on the top line. He goes from basically being a 10, 11, 12-minute-a-game player up to 17 minutes and 29 seconds of ice time for the uh, Nashville Predators last night against Calgary. So look at the difference uh, just going to that top line spot. So he's going to get opportunities. And again, you're talking about Columbus, one of the worst defensive teams uh, in the NHL uh, this season. You look at this uh, matchup here, you've got Columbus that is currently, uh, you know, 30th, or 31st rather in the NHL in goals per game allowed, 3.9 uh, goals per game allowed by the Jackets uh, this season. So it's a prime opportunity to find great value with Cody Glass tonight for the uh, Nashville Predators uh, on that uh, top line center spot for the uh, Preds between uh, obviously Philip Forsberg, who's been playing really well lately for Nashville and uh, Duchesne on the other side of him on that uh, top line. Uh, Cody Glass props. I'm just uh, taking a glance right now. Plus 490 at Caesars to score a goal. Um, Power play points is plus 520 for a power play point at uh, FanDuel. And if you actually look at the, uh, lineup uh, for Nashville and their power play designation going into tonight's game versus the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. You'll see that um, Cody Glass is going to get power play minutes here for uh, the Predators uh, tonight. So 
uh, definitely some good numbers there in terms of uh, Glass. Uh, we'll see if uh, he can capitalize. It's interesting because Glass is on the top line. They've dropped Parson into the third line, but Parson is still someone I would look at here for the uh, Predators. He's still been an, a, a big-time factor. Uh, he has gone on a seven-game point streak for the uh, Nashville Predators. Two, three, four, five, seven, eight, nine points in those seven games for Yuso Parsonen uh, of the uh, Nashville Predators. He is dropped to the third line, but he's still getting power play one for the uh, Predators, the top power play unit as well. So uh, there's uh, absolutely still, I think, tons of reasons to look at some props involving him uh, as well for the uh, Predators right now. Um, and don't sleep on Thomas Novak either. Here's a guy that's made an impact. He's playing number one power play minutes as well uh, for the uh, Predators right now. Again, this is a good night to maybe target Nashville offensively. They only scored two last night. I think they're going to be looking to probably be a little bit more assertive offensively tonight. And Thomas Novak is a guy that made an impact immediately when joining the lineup. Again, his spot in the lineup, he's kind of dropped, but it looks like he's still going to get on the power play at the very least. And, and if that's the case, you know, you could just deviate right to the power play point prop where it's plus 450 on that. So, uh, again, you're talking about power play uh, minutes for Novak, and you're talking about a Columbus team coming into this game that as far as the penalty kill for them is concerned, bottom half of the league. So, you know, opportunities here for some of these props, no doubt for uh, Nashville. You know, on the Columbus side of the equation, they got their captain, Boone Jenner, back recently. So thank goodness for that. They're at least starting to get some uh, of their injured pieces back uh, from injury. Uh, Patrick Lyonnais, of course, uh, has been uh, very, very uh, good lately for the uh, uh, for the Jackets. Uh, six points in the last four games. He had a hat trick uh, in the victory against Detroit uh, the other night. So keep an eye on his uh, level of play. It's certainly gone up. Again, Jenner comes back against Detroit over the weekend. He's, this will be his third game back uh, from injury. Uh, Emil Bemstrom has made an impact, although he's cooled off a little bit of late. Uh, same with Kent Johnson. Marchenko is obviously always worth a consideration. He's been uh, putting the puck in the net lately uh, for them. Uh, but definitely Lion A has been uh, one of the bigger catalysts lately here for uh, the uh, Jackets. So if there's goals, this might be a decent game to consider some props. All right, Buffalo, Chicago. Sabres, minus 190 road favorites, six and a half the total. Uh, in this game, um, Chicago's got a rest advantage. Uh, they've been off since that beatdown uh, against the Seattle Kraken, uh, eight to five on Saturday night. That's about the only advantage they probably have. Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo is probably the better of these two teams. Buffalo has actually played better on the road this year. They're like a they're like a Seattle East with what they're doing on the road compared to at home. Uh, Buffalo's only nine and fourteen at Key Bank Center uh, this season in. Western New York, but on the road, they're a very, very solid 12 and seven away from home this year. Uh, 12 of their 21 victories have actually been on the road, uh, the uh, Buffalo Sabres. So they're turning into a little bit of a road warrior here uh, in this uh, matchup. I would only look at the Sabres here. I mean, I, I feel like an utter fool for taking Chicago on Saturday night. And I only did that because I thought Seattle could just totally mail it in after just the blazing hot road trip. The biggest win of the bunch was against Boston. They could totally just lay a clunker against uh, Chicago. But uh, you have no shot to win a hockey game when you're giving up the six first shots end up in the back of your net. Uh, and that's exactly what happened uh, to Chicago in that game. Six shots, six goals for Seattle to begin that hockey game uh, against them the other night. Morozik got pulled. Stalock 
came in, and he actually gave up goals on the first two shots he faced. So it really wasn't any better uh, going after that. So I guess if you want to make a case for Chicago, you can say this team was embarrassed. Peter Morozik was embarrassed. I get that, but they're not good enough, I think, to do anything about it consistently. I mean, they're, they're, they're not that team. It's like I, I trust a good team to bounce back off a game like that. Do I trust uh, uh, Chicago to do that? No, I don't. So uh, this one I would look at as Sabres and regulation, which is the way I'm going to go in this one, Buffalo and Reg. Uh, you'll get that down to even money. Uh, they have beaten Chicago three times in a row uh, in the recent series head-to-head. They've been close games, but uh, Buffalo has gotten the job done uh, recently head-to-head uh, in the matchup between these two teams. Certainly would lean over the total with Morozik and Nett. That looked like more of a fluke than anything else that he played well against Colorado uh, in that game that they won last week. Uh, he really hasn't been good at, uh, in it, most games other than that. Uh, and it looks like for the Sabres, you would think they're going to probably end up starting Craig Anderson tonight. We saw UPL uh, Uko Pekalukkanen uh, get the start uh, last yesterday afternoon, rather, for the uh, Sabres. So I probably would think it's going to be Craig Anderson uh, in this game. Yeah, Sabres and Reg over six and a half. That would be the ways uh, I'd be betting this one here tonight between these two teams. And as far as props go uh, in this matchup between uh, the Sabres and the uh, Blackhawks, uh, you know, for the for the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, you look at, at, you know, it's funny, Jonathan Taves, you know, suddenly was heating up offensively. Four points uh, in the last uh, three games for uh, Chicago. Uh, Max Domi, uh, he has six points in the last five games, including a couple of goals for Chicago. Uh, on the Buffalo side of things, I keep going back to the Dylan Cousins well because I think all kinds of value with him uh, and his props uh, at the uh, moment. Uh, you know, of course, it goes without saying that Tuck Skinner and uh, Thompson every night. That top line is a threat, but don't sleep on the performance of Dylan Cousins. He's been very, very solid. He's not, you, you get better prices with him uh, in terms of props compared to the uh, top line players of the uh, Sabres. So uh, don't sleep on that. And of course, the defenseman Rasmus Dahlin continues to be just a point producing machine. Uh, the last uh, seven games for the Sabres, uh, he has five, six, eight, nine, ten points uh, in the last seven games for the Sabres. So uh, definitely keep an eye on that. Some good props here uh, in terms of uh, this game. All right, next up, we've got two games left. We go next to Arizona, the desert, Detroit and Arizona. Detroit minus 130 uh, road favorites in this game and the total sitting at uh, six and a half. Actually, it's down to six in some spots, uh, shaded to the over uh, in this game. Uh, this is a game where from a side perspective, it's it's tough. I've always had an affinity for backing the Coyotes at home at the Mullet Arena where they had played well, especially for several uh, games in a row right after that month-long trip on the road. But they have certainly not played as well lately uh, at home. And they're just not playing well or winning games, period, right now, uh, this uh, this um, Arizona Coyotes team. So, you know, I think when you look at this game, it's just from a side perspective, I'd probably leave it alone. I mean, this is a weird scheduling spot, too, for Arizona where, you know, they were at home, they go on the road, they play uh, Minnesota uh, back home tonight, now facing uh, the Detroit Red Wings who, you know, what, what, how can you make heads or tails of this team? You know, they beat Winnipeg and Toronto, two terrific home wins, and you absolutely, you know, basically a no-show flat out is what that was uh, the other night against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets at home. I mean, it's just hard to figure it out you know, with that, that team, how you can go from beating Winnipeg, beating Toronto at home, and then to losing 
uh, to Columbus at home. But that's hockey. How many times have we seen this over the years in hockey? Any team can beat anybody on any given night. And, and you know, we have seen that for sure uh, be uh, a problem uh, for certain teams, that they'll, they'll have two big wins against teams you don't expect them to beat, then the teams you do expect them to beat, they don't uh, get the job done. Uh, Detroit also on a back-to-back here. They were in Colorado yesterday. They lose 6-3 uh, to the Avs, so it's definitely a rest advantage here for Arizona. Uh, It's definitely a spot advantage for uh, the Coyotes. Make no mistake about that. They've won four of the last five head-to-head meetings against uh, Detroit. The Red Wings won the uh, most recent meeting in a shootout. Uh, But right now, definitely all kinds of uh, issues defensively for the uh, Red Wings rearing their ugly head again with 10 goals allowed uh, in the last two games. Uh, So that definitely is not uh, something. Special teams were a disaster for the uh, uh, Red Wings yesterday. They don't score on the power play. They give up two power play goals uh, to the uh, Colorado Avalanche uh, in that game. I'd probably lean over here again. I hate to be a broken record here, but uh, you've got Detroit trending that way. Uh, three of the last four meetings have been really high scoring between these two teams. It's not like we trust either team to keep the puck out of their own net right now. And we've got a goaltending matchup of Ingram for the uh, Coyotes and Helberg for the uh Detroit Red Wings. It's going to be Magnus Helberg for Detroit and Connor Ingram for uh, Arizona. Your goalie matchup here uh, in this game. And both of these goalies, you know, numbers aren't anything to write home about either. Helberg, well, actually, Helberg's not bad. 2.69 goals against 901 save percentage. Uh, but, uh, you know, had to come into relief uh, of uh, Huso yesterday uh, in the game against uh, Colorado. Uh, before that, he struggled in a loss against Toronto. Uh, Connor Ingram on the flip side. Ingram actually t- last two starts have been better. Uh, he only gave up two goals to Minnesota, one goal to Chicago. But clearly, you know, uh, that's not necessarily something I fully trust to continue moving forward indefinitely. So, you know, I'd probably stay off a side. I'd, I could only take Arizona from a side perspective, but it does have that feel to them right now. Like they're just, I don't want to say they're tanking for Bedard, but. They're just not finding ways to win right now. And like I said, that great run at home on home ice is cooled off. I'd still lean Coyotes. Don't know if I'll play it. Probably will play the over for some kind of bet here in this one. All right. Final game of this uh, Tuesday card. I think it might be the best game of the night uh, in the NHL. Seattle Kraken, Edmonton Oilers, Edmonton minus 180 home favorites, six and a half the total in this one. I talked about the absurdity of the schedule that they've placed first uh, at Seattle's feet. Absolutely terrible, but that's enough of that. It is what it is. They got to make do with it. They can't complain. It's brutal that they go on a long ass road trip. Edmonton, Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, uh, Buffalo, uh, Boston, Chicago, back home for one game and uh, against Tampa, who's rested, by the way, and you only have one day off following the road trip back home against Tampa. They obviously didn't have a great game. They lost 4-1, lacking energy a little bit. And now you got to pack your bags, go on the road again, and now play on a back-to-back in Edmonton. It's ridiculous. But they got to do the best they can with it, uh, no question. And um, we'll see how this one goes. I mean, they're betting the hell out of Edmonton. And look, Edmonton, to me, is a bet-on team right now. They're playing some really good hockey. They're turning their game around. I've been on the Oilers a bit here in the last uh, several uh, games. I took them against uh, San Jose uh, in various forms. Same thing with Anaheim. And then same thing with Vegas on Saturday. I took them at the small dog price, plus 115, plus 120. And they got a 4-3 win uh, against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. However, 
while we're getting a little excited, they've won three in a row. They're playing some better hockey, the Oilers. It's something definitely a positive sign. You know, they're they're lighting up the scoreboard. Defensively, they've gotten just a little bit better. And Jack Campbell has started to play better in net. He's had this opportunity with Skinner uh, away from the team uh, due to uh, his wife giving birth or about to. And, and Jack Campbell's seized the day, carpe diem. Uh, and that's exactly what he's done. You know, he's taken advantage of this opportunity. Uh, he's led his team to victories. And it's been good to see. And uh, Jay Woodcroft right back to Jack Campbell and net tonight for this big game against the uh, Seattle Kraken. Uh, we'll see if he can keep up the uh, recent good run. It is worth noting going into this game, this is Jay Woodcroft saying, you know what, Jack Campbell, you've earned another start because Stuart Skinner's back with the team. He could, he's available. He's on the roster. He's back there with the team. He's, he's available to start tonight if need be, but the uh, Jay Woodcroft decided, you know what? We'll let Skinner just, you know, rest another game. Campbell's starting to get his confidence back. We're going to put him back in there again tonight against the uh, Seattle Kraken. So uh, interesting move, but it's Campbell's net uh, once again tonight for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. And on the Seattle side, it was Grubauer uh, in net yesterday uh, against Tampa Bay. So you would think we're going to go back to the number one star of the week uh, in the NHL, if you could believe that. I never thought in a million years that we would be talking about Martin freaking Jones being the number one star of the week. Uh, in the NHL at any point in his career. Again, I, I never thought that. But sure enough, last week, back-to-back -back shutouts, three victories for Jones on that epic road trip uh, for the Seattle Kraken. And here is uh, Martin Jones, probably going to be back in net tonight for Seattle here uh, on the back-to-back. Uh, -back, who's been He's been good lately. What can you say? I mean, you can't even, you can't quibble. He has been really, really good here for uh, the, um, uh, for the, uh, uh, Seattle Kraken here in recent games. So he's deserving of the opportunity to be in net again, and he will be likely in net again here for the uh, Seattle Kraken. This is really some, a tricky game because Edmonton's rolling. I don't feel a, a huge, huge desire to want to fade them, but I may have to fade them based on this price being what it is. Even with this just horrendous scheduling um, hand that Seattle has been dealt uh, of late, because we're talking Edmonton minus 180 home favorites in this game, a team that's only 10 and 13 on home ice. They have not been great at Rogers place this year. The Oilers, they have had some tough times winning at home. They're 10 and 13. They have a losing record on home ice. I know they've talked about wanting to improve that and wanting to change that, uh, but it's, you know, minus 180 home favorite for a team that struggled to win uh, on home ice. That's, that's a lot. And now you've got Seattle back on the road where they have this glorious 16-6 and six road record uh, on the season uh, going into tonight. So uh, this would not be a spot for me to lay minus 180 with Edmonton, even with the rest advantage. It is also worth noting that even with the rest advantage, Edmonton is coming off a road trip. So, yes, they've had the two days off. Seattle's on a back-to-back, -back, and they've had a shit ton of travel, as I've mentioned. But Edmonton's not in the best of spots. They were on the road through L.A., Anaheim, San Jose, Vegas. Now you're back home after those four games. So, you know, it's it's definitely a better, still a better spot for Edmonton because of the two days off. But and Seattle's just, you know, this is a gone through the ringer with this schedule. But it, there's still some trickiness to this game and this spot for Edmonton. And they're the minus 180 favorite, not Seattle. So I, I could only look Seattle here plus price. I'll probably uh, sprinkle on that a little bit. 
Do I love that the games have just piled up at an alarming rate for Seattle with all this travel and you just come back home for one game and you're on the road again? That's not a great situation at all. But, I mean, we are talking about a team that's just found ways to play well on the road. They've done it consistently uh, all year long. So at plus 160, it's Seattle for yours truly. Now, I'm keeping it very small uh, in this game because of the, the just all the intense travel that Seattle has played. But I have to look toward the Kraken for something at plus 160 tonight. But the bet that I really like in this game is definitely over the total and maybe my favorite total of the board uh, here tonight. Uh, you're talking about an Edmonton team that's been flying over. Uh, we've been on Edmonton team totals over. We've been on the full game overs lately for Edmonton, cashing repeatedly 6-3, in their last four games, all of those games going over the total. We have a head-to-head -head series history between Seattle and Edmonton since the Kraken have entered the league that has gone over the total in every head-to-head -head game between these two teams, including both meetings already this year, 7-2 Edmonton in Seattle, 5-2 Seattle in Edmonton, both of those games going over the total. So uh, over 6.5 for me here is the even stronger opinion for me uh, in this game between the Kraken and the Oilers. Prop-wise, Matty Beneers, I don't even have to say it anymore. He's just uh, incredibly... Uh, surging right now for the Kraken. Uh, the surefire winner probably of the Calder at this point, barring a catastrophe. Eberly is starting to heat up. You know, Wenberg and McCann, don't sleep on them. And Ellie Tolvanen, I'm going to keep mentioning him. Uh, Ellie Tolvanen for the Seattle Kraken. Uh, he has taken advantage of this opportunity, and he's always worth a look in terms of his uh, props. As far as Edmonton goes, the big news being Evander Kane is finally back. Great to hear. Throw his personal business aside. We know he could have done better in terms of the way he handled himself personally away from the ice, but it's good from a hockey standpoint, from a human being's well, well-being standpoint, that he's back from that scary incident in Tampa where he almost had his hand cut, the, the skate blade that was very, very dangerous. Uh, he was leaking blood. They did a great job getting on that right away, and it looks like Evander Kane is expected to be in the lineup. They say he's got to pass one more test, but they expect him to be in the lineup tonight for the Oilers. Although it looks like Jay Woodcroft's going to ease him in, not putting him back on the top line right away with Connor McDavid. Right now, have him slotted to play alongside Ryan McLeod and Warren Fogle uh, on the third line uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. So uh, keep that in mind. Gleam uh, Costin, the Nuge, and Matthias Janmark slated to be the second line for the uh, Oilers. Yamamoto, by the way, was placed on IR today for the uh, Oilers. And it looks like Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Hyman, a loaded up top line, could be in the cards for Jay Woodcroft and the Oilers tonight uh, in this game if the uh, current line combinations are any indication. Loading it up, and that line would be, let's just say, fun to watch. It's always fun to watch when McDavid and uh, Dreisaitl are on the same line. But then you got the hardworking Zach Hyman, the grunt, the, 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 the blood and guts of the line that does all the heavy lifting, does all the hard work, does all of the forechecking, throws his weight around to open up space on the ice for McDavid and Dreisaitl. How fun is it going to be to watch that trio together? Now, the thing about Woodcroft that makes him very good, in my opinion, I know this year it's been up and down all over the place for Edmonton, but I don't blame him. You know, he's always looking to adjust. He's always looking to see what's not working. How do we make it work? How do we get better? How do we change? How do we adapt on the fly? How do we adjust on the fly? He doesn't stick 
with status quo. He's willing to adjust in-game. And I don't know how long he's going to keep things with Hyman, Dreisaitl, and McDavid together on the same line. But just conceptually, that line could be just beyond dangerous, beyond incredible, because you've got the incredible high-level skill and speed, for that matter, playmaking, hands, finishing ability, all that of McDavid and Dreisaitl. And then you got the worker B right next to them, Zach Hyman, who will do all the grunt work to get that puck free and find his teammates, find his line mates. It's got just an absolutely uh, terrific possibility. I'm, I'm excited to see how if, the, if Woodcroft keeps this line together for at least a handful of games and how well they play together. It could be very, very special uh, to see that line play. Uh, it's a great prop game, too, for Edmonton. Clem Costin, you have to bet Clem Costin. You do. Uh, we've been riding that. We've been talking about Clem Costin. He's still on a top six forward roll. Four goals, four points in the last three games for Clem uh, Costin of the Oilers. Uh, he's definitely, I think, uh, still incredible value. Uh, on a game like this where you should see plenty of pace, chances, ultimately should see plenty of goals as well. Uh, you could go with any of those guys on the top line. But if you want value, if you want the bargain bin, you go with Clem Costin, who is, you know, still, they've adjusted it down a little bit. You're not getting the plus 400 or plus 500 anymore. I have noticed that. But you can still get plus 375 with Costin to score a goal tonight for the Oilers at Caesars. Still a very good price, excellent price still for him to find the back of the net for Edmonton. Uh, and also, if you go actually to uh, Bet365, it's uh, let's plus 320. It's actually not as good at plus at bet 365. So uh, plus 375 at Caesars does look to be the best price there with Kaleem Costin. Anytime a uh, goal score uh, in this game tonight for the uh, Edmonton Oilers, uh, you know, Matthias Yanmark on that second line. Like again, if you're looking for value, he's playing with Costin and the Nuge. That line has had some nice chemistry. Yanmark scored against Vegas in the victory on Saturday night, and he has four points in the last three games, and Yanmark is in that same type of uh, price range, plus 390, plus 400 uh, to score a goal tonight. So some excellent prop value with those two players in particular, Costin and Yanmark here for the uh, Edmonton Oilers tonight. Worth a look, uh, in my opinion. All right, great stuff. That is the Tuesday card. Uh, thanks to everyone for, as always, tuning in live on YouTube or listening to the Ice Guys podcast. Uh, hit the like button on the way out. We appreciate it. Uh, another uh, chock full uh, show, chock full of analysis and insight from a betting perspective. Uh, and we certainly appreciate everyone that tunes in live on YouTube, watching the show or listening to the podcast. There's no way we can keep doing this show year in and year out. This is now our uh, sixth year uh, of the Ice Guys show. Six years already. Almost can't believe it's been that long, but we can't keep doing it without all of your support. Speaking of support, support our sponsors because we're going to hear from another one right now. Before we get to best bets, let's hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, our good friends at Manscaped who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, courtesy of the Ice Guys. Get 20% off of any purchase and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ice guys that's promo code ice guys all one word i-c-e-g-u-y-s at manscaped.com if my math is correct that's about 400 million balls that you can help preserve 
with manscape.com using the promo code ice guys you get the performance package 4.0 it is a game changer the lawnmower 4.0 it takes care of this among other things uh, it'll keep you uh, trim uh, as can be uh, the lawnmower 4.0 waterproof same thing with the weed whacker which takes care of your ear hair nose hair i mean nose hair in particular you know i'm getting up there in age and nose hair is becoming uh, definitely more of an issue. This will take care of it. It feels like someone's tickling the inside of your nostrils sometimes. It pisses the hell out of me. It bothers me. I need to take care of that shit. This will take care of it for you. The Weed Whacker, uh, make, uh, part of the package that you get with your Manscaped purchase and the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You also get the ball toner. You also get the ball deodorant, keep you uh, smelling good and looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions. This package is really going to make you feel good and and look good and look better. Slim, trim, that's what it's all about. And manscaped.com can help you out with that. So make sure you take advantage of this. Manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, we are back here on the Ice Guys, and we are ready to wrap this show up, as we always do, with best bets. And to me, there is only one clear best bet on this card, and we're going back to the game we just talked about. Seattle-Edmonton, over 6.5, minus 125. Five overs in the series history between the Kraken and the Oilers since Seattle became a franchise. Both meetings earlier this regular season flew over the total. Edmonton's games have gone over in four straight. Both teams offensively capable. Evander Kane added to the lineup. And if anything, that could actually make things a little tougher defensively because when you put in a new player and back into the lineup, sometimes your defensive communication and uh, stuff is a little thrown out of whack. So that probably helps the over as well. So Seattle Edmonton over six and a half. Best bet here for this Tuesday card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone uh, in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button. Uh, on the way out, we appreciate it. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. And another reminder, BetCast, one week from today, our January live BetCast. Man, we're looking forward to that. Tuesday, January 24th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Join us for that. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Wednesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. 